Welcome to Jiri Snacks, snackable episodes about the Jiri exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable Jiri course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. You can try it out for free by visiting achievable.me, and if you like it, be sure to use the code PODCAST to save 10%. Now, let's get started. Today, we've got Lindsay Sage from Sage Admit on the line with us, and Lindsay, if you could just share a little bit about yourself and your company, that'd be great. Yes. Awesome. Hi, Tyler. I'm so excited to be here today. Um, I'm Lindsay Sage. I'm the founder of Sage Admit, uh, which is a play off my last name. Uh, This is a boutique MBA admissions consultancy where I help clients around the world with their applications to business school. Um, I do everything from help them identify a school list to producing great essays to preparing for interviews. Uh, My background is in MBA admissions, which allows me to really understand the application. I worked at NYU Stern and prior to that at Columbia University. Um, So I'm based just outside of New York City and I meet my clients remotely. You can find me on my website, uh, www.sageadmit.com, or you can email me at lindsay at sageadmit.com. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you. And and so today we're going to be breaking down what is... uh, always, I think, something that people get in your position get asked about, the top seven business schools, right? And they have a name, the M7. Can you explain the name? I think it's like Magnificent Seven or Magic Seven, uh, but it's the top. Magnificent Seven seems quite (laughs) conceited. I don't know. Uh, You know, it's even worse that like they got together several, several years ago and we're like, hey, let's just, no matter what the ranking system says, let's just be the best be the best seven no matter what um ah, yes every school has some version of that right law school is like the t14 um you know so every program has like their top like we aren't going to move no matter what the ranking is we are the we are the most elite yeah it's nice if you can be one of those seven <laughs> schools right to say that and they all agree um, but what are the schools let's just make sure that we everybody yeah. knows right so that's harvard stanford wharton um, and those three really sort of pull out from the seven as, you know, if you sort of asked anyone, you know, what are the top three business schools? They're typically going to say Harvard, Stanford, and Wharton. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's Columbia, MIT, Sloan, um, and then the two schools in Chicago, University of Chicago Booth and Northwestern Kellogg. Yeah. And those are all fantastic schools. And so, and you know, they all kind of have their own little specialties within that, right? Like, I mean, Stanford, obviously, is a little more specialized towards the technology industry, venture capital industry, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not super familiar with a lot of these. I would imagine Wharton is very in- involved in finance mm-hmm. uh, and investment banking. You're doing good. And Northwestern <laughs> Kellogg, I know, is a good marketing one. You're doing uh, good. These these reputations about, are out there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know so much about the others. Yeah. Specifically. Like I could guess, but yeah. I'd rather not guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, sort of, yeah, just like if yeah. you want to run through kind of if there's any reputation or specialty for each of them, right? I mean, I guess like there's Harvard, Columbia, MIT, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I can just go through each one. I mean, I'll start mm-hmm. I'll start sort of with Stanford. Um, this is Stanford and Harvard are the most competitive. So we're talking like a less than 5% acceptance rate. It's, you know, sort of just insane. Um, and it's think sort of like world over, 
their just renowned institutions and um, sort of just hold this really elite status, Stanford and Harvard more than the others. Um, and then there's this joke that Stanford is where you go if you want to build a company, Harvard is where you go if you want to run a company. And, you know, these are these old stereotypes, but I think there's some truth to a lot of them. You know, Stanford is very entrepreneurial. It's in the Bay. It's There's tons of money floating around. So if you want to start up, you right. have an idea, you're going to find investors. Um, they these students raise a ton of money for their ideas. And it's because of its location. It's very innovative. It's very tech centric. There's a lot of resources of the school devoted to that. Um, and like you said, they're also very connected to the the investment side of things. So like BCP is still really big out there. Um, it's a very small class size compared to Harvard and Wharton. So there's an elite factor in that too, right? Less people get in because the class size is, you know, half of what it is at Harvard and Wharton. I, I do find from an admissions perspective, their admissions is sort of all over the place. Like I can never predict who they're going to take of my, um, of my clients. So they really want that kind of one of a kind talent, you know, like we've never seen anyone like this ever before this, you know, you've done agrotech in India, you're a professional poker player. Um, like you have this unique X factor that no other application that you're had. That's really what they're looking for that, that unique lens. Mm -hmm. um, I can now, you want me to just jump into the next one? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, so that was very interesting, especially because I, I don't know a ton of people that went to Stanford GSB, but I do mm -hmm. just know a lot of people that went to Stanford generally. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I agree that you know Stanford loves to kind of have unique and interesting people. I think that's part of their shtick. Yes, yes, it is. And, 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 the peop and people that like love to reflect, I think, too. So they have like these reflection sessions you know, their essay is what matters most. Um, so like they really want to get to the root of who you are as a human. And they would say that they're educating leaders, not for business, but for society. And like, I really think that they, they really believe that that's in their hearts. Um, so, you know, they want people who are going to change the world. Right. Cool. So then uh, tell me about Harvard. Yeah. If we just don't mind going down the list. Yeah. I mean, very interesting. Yeah. So Harvard is this, you know, gold standard business school. Like they're just the very best in business. They are, they have like consistently sort of educated those going on to the Fortune 500 companies. So like, you know, the world's global leaders went to Harvard. Uh, they teach completely by a case method. Um, so while most business schools will use cases for courses, just sort of like X happened with this company. Let's learn from that situation. Harvard is 100% case-based. So you learn about business by dissecting what's happened in the past. And, um, and that's like a really different way of, of teaching. Sometimes they'll have the companies that they do the case on show up in class. Um, so I'm, I'm constantly in awe of them. I think like they're just, they even though they've had this really traditional way of business school by keeping to the case method, they just continue to evolve. They're really on the right side of things from an admissions perspective. They're really focused on um, entering areas of business and industries of business where there isn't, you know, that could, and they're really focused on like ethics and um, ethics and leadership and diversity and equity and inclusion and um, 
both Harvard and Stanford are the only business schools that are need-based. So for most business schools, if you apply and you get into the program, if you were given a scholarship, which is, it's a little harder to get scholarships at a, at a graduate level in general than, uh, than in college, as, as you know, but, yeah. um, but like for business school, it's pretty hard to get scholarships. If you get it, it's merit-based, meaning based on your test score, based on your GPA, based on the fact that you have something that the schools really want. Harvard and Stanford are need-based, meaning they let you in because they believe that you, they want you as part of their incoming class. And then they identify how much money you need to go there and they give you that money. So there, I mean, there's just big pocketbooks of both these schools, but that also adds to that kind of elite factor and adds to that competitiveness for them because everyone wants to be part of that. Right. Well, and frankly, you know, if you're selecting the best possible people or the best possible people who can pay $200,000, um, it's right. just going to be a smaller group in the second bucket just by, or by design, right? <laughs> um, there's no, there's no way unless everybody that applies can afford it, that those two groups would be the same. So yeah. it, it gives you more options to pick the best students, Absolutely. which is interesting. Globally too, you know, I mean, so you have someone who's coming, like I've definitely had clients say from West Africa going to Harvard and it's like, they're at the top of their game there, but their salary is nowhere near what their salary would be if they're in New York, you know? So right. um, it really has their salary and, the, and doesn't have anything to do with their, their, their professional trajectory. Right. Yeah. So then tell me about Wharton, University of Pennsylvania Wharton. That's right. Yeah. So when, you know, Wharton's like, if you're thinking of the top three business schools, usually it's a Harvard, Stanford, Wharton, like oftentimes for shorthand, if I'm talking to a colleague or a student, I just do HSW. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they're, they have this, you know, really large class size. So they are a little bit less competitive than Harvard or Stanford, which are the, the most competitive of those three. Uh, and they offer this really strong traditional education. Like you said, they they historically have been really strong in finance. And I think they sometimes still get that reputation as even I can go as far as saying like they used to be like that typical bro finance school, you know, like all the jocks mm-hmm. and the finance types that would go there and get real competitive with each other. But that's not the case at all. They've totally sort of reworked that. And actually, they are the only school this past incoming year and the first ever to do it where they had more women in their incoming class than men. So hmm. schools over the last few years have definitely seen more representation of women going to business school. But there were more women than men in the Wharton incoming class, which was pretty cool that not only that that happened, but that it happened from Wharton because it was, like I said, like this sort of bro-ish kind of feel of a business school. But I feel like anyone I send there will be happy there. There is just, it's such a large school. There's such a well oil machine. There's so many resources. You could go there with very niche goals and investments, for instance, coming from a background in private equity and be very happy and get the resources you want. You could go there without a LinkedIn profile and being a performer on stage and get the resources you want. So I feel like they just have so much for everybody. Um, and uh, a really strong, strong business school. Great. Yeah. And then, Columbia, which you worked for, right? I did. I didn't work for the business school. I worked for the business school at NYU Stern. I worked for Columbia with oh, undergrads. Okay. Um, they didn't. They actually don't have an undergrad business school. Everyone just majors in economics, and they all go and make a lot <laughs> work of on money. Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah always... So Columbia is in the heart of New York City, right? That's one thing. Yeah. That's unique about it. So I do send a ton of clients there because I'm also New York City based. Um, if you want to be in New York, this is your best option. 
right? So similar to Wharton, it's a really big traditional business school, top reputation for finance, um, but really strong in almost everything. Uh, I feel like those people that go to Columbia really want to be in New York City. And that's, that's the reason for going there. So, you know, these are the kinds of people that like very urban, always doing a ton of things, busy, 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 might not have time for you, you know, and sometimes with some of my clients, like if they want that tight knit, close experience, if I want to do everything with my classmates, um, it might not be the school for you because your Columbia student is a mover, a shaker. They're all over the place, um, super involved in everything. Um, If you want that really tight knit, you know, sort of community, you might want to be at a Dartmouth Tuck or UVA Darden or like sort of just like a very removed and and um, kind of doing everything together as a cohort. So Columbia is fantastic. I mean, just because it it's able to pull out the resources of New York and use it to its advantage. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I think it probably has very good connections within New York if you want to be in New York long term. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I'll often have people like turn down other schools that might give them a, you know, that are even like higher rank than Columbia might give them a full scholarship just because they want to be in New York. Right. Great. And then um, MIT Sloan, probably after Stanford, well, Stanford's the most entrepreneurship focused, maybe not the most hard tech focused. Would you say that? MIT Sloan is going to be the most technology focused or where would you put them? Yeah, that's fair. They're very analytical, right? Like, you know, quirky, analytical. So whereas um, I feel like if you were going to take the tech side of things, you could look at Stanford as like more the business side of it. And, and, oh, you know, a good portion of your students at MIT might have a background in engineering, you know, so um, very smart you know, very curious. And what I think is interesting about them and their curriculum is it's very experiential. So the kind of student that, that goes to MIT, like wants to workshop everything, like, oh, you have an idea, let's workshop it. Let's go into the lab and let's like hands-on figure it out. And um, so there is a big startup culture there, but I, I would say that the difference with the school, with the type of student that goes there, and I, and I love their students, is that they're really focused on stretching themselves with, through the process rather than just, here's my end goal. I want to get a job at this company. Like they're really people that are so innately curious and wanting to sort of be innovative and change the world. And they don't really care how that's going to look in the end. It's all about the process of getting there. Right. Yeah. Great. And then tell me about uh, Chicago Booth. Yes. So you've got the two schools in Chicago. So you've got Booth and you've got Kellogg. Um, I think the biggest difference is, is that Booth is in the city proper and Kellogg is in Evanston, which is just outside the city and more of a like um, cute little town. Um, mm-hmm. And and they have these stereotypes where like Booth is the serious school, Kellogg is the party school. And, you know, there's this isn't these stereotypes are never true, but there there are some derivatives of it that that I can see where this comes from. So Booth is a very analytical program. Um, you know, so similar to MIT in some ways, like people might have engineering backgrounds or they come from hard finance backgrounds. Um, and students are just super sharp on the quant side of things. They really look for a strong quant aptitude coming into the program. They place more students in banking than any other program. Um, so really strong in banking. Um, and their curriculum is has no core. So what does that mean is that it's really the only business school with this concept that really believes that you're independent enough to completely choose your own adventure, even from the very first day. Most of the schools you have, 
you are assigned sort of your learning teams or your, your, your study groups and you follow with them through your core courses, whereas Chicago Boop's like, no, you just do what you need to do. And so as a result, you sort of have this student who's like fiercely independent, like get out of my way, let me do my thing, like kind of cerebral, you know, they get in their own way kind of person, you know, so like mm-hmm. competitive with themselves kind of person, maybe doesn't always know how great they are. Um, but that's why it gets that reputation for being sort of like the serious school or the school where like they work really, really hard. Um, Kellogg is, you know, your party school, your team Kellogg. Um, and that's an old stereotype. But if you do compare it to Booth, it's absolutely um, the very extroverted, gregarious person that walks in the room, shakes everybody's hand, really like um, wants to do everything in a team. So Al, almost every class assignment is done as a, in a group. They really prioritize team leaning, learning, and they're big in marketing, like you said. Um, so gregarious. Yes, that old that old Dilbert yeah. comic, which is like, "Welcome to marketing," and here's this is a two drink minimum. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, marketing is, is is there's I know quite a few serious marketers, but I also know quite a few um, more relaxed marketers. And, you know, and I'm not like dogging the school because these people are exceptionally bright and, you know, people will go there and go to finance and they'll go there and go. But like they are, if they had one thing in common across industry is that these are this, these are the students that are really like wanting to meet everyone, super extroverted. Um, And they actually as a school, they interview every single applicant who applies. Uh, They're the Mm. only business school that does that. And I think that in of itself is just basically saying like, we want to meet everybody. Right. Yeah. And so now that we've kind of covered all of the um all of the schools, like tell me a little bit more about kind of just like what you've kind of delineated like the different types of people that will go to each one. Is that really kind of how you should be thinking about this or is there anything else when you're considering these top 7 schools that you should be thinking about when you're picking which ones to apply to and why? Yeah, so I think the first way to decide where you want to apply is to jot down, you know, your goals and where do you want to go with this program? Um, you know, and if it's, if those goals are to work for a certain set of companies, then you want to go and figure out who has the recruiters from those companies come onto those campuses. Or if your goals are, you know, not company specific, but are just something that any business school is going to have, like, I want to, I'm going to go into consulting. Any business school is going to allow you to do that. So then what are the other values or factors that you have in a business school? So maybe you jot down your, you know, three values. Like, do I want to be in an urban location? Um, Do I want to um, be able to go on, you know, have a more tight-knit community? Do I want a larger community so that I can meet more people? Like, you know, you can see it every which way, but you can't have it all. And, you know, the minute that you take, you know, you want a to meet more people, then, you know, you might not, a small class size might not work for you, right? And then I would say you get, you go to the info sessions of these schools, they're all virtual, and you start to talk to people that go to the programs, and you really start to see that there are differences. Um, You know, they all kind of say the same thing. Oh, we're we're entrepreneurs, we're innovators, uh, we have global opportunities. But like, what does that mean? And you start to get the sense when they put together a student panel, you get a feel like a student panel from Booth looks very different than a student panel from Wharton. There's just little nuanced differences. And you think you can really pick those up. How available, um, 
you know, students and alumni are to talk to you is also another big factor. Did they make the time for you? Um, you know, I don't expect everyone to make the time for you. People are busy, but if you reach out to 10 people, I'd hope somebody got back to you, you know? Right. Um, and then I would say- And that's probably just a good tactic in general. Yeah, right. You go for try to company. talk to some alumni, ask yeah. them what their experience is like. Absolutely. And then I would say, you know, the, your candidacy and your competitiveness will also narrow down that list. So, you know, once you get your scores back and you have an idea of your standing, you really want to be at the average of these schools and these schools have really high averages. Yeah. It's, it's uh, why you're joining them, hopefully. <laughs> mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, any uh, closing thoughts on this topic before um, we wrap up? I would just say there's a lot of schools out there outside the M7. You know, I have people that mm -hmm. come to me and say, I want to play M7 only. I'm like, all right. Um, but, you know, think about these other really amazing schools, you know. Um, and I would say really truly in business school, when you're looking at U.S. rankings, um, it like top 15, top 20 are all really, really strong programs. When you get into, you know, 20 and below, they're still strong programs, but they tend to be a little smaller in size. And as a result, they tend to be a little bit more regional. So if you're, you know, say at um, Kelly, Indiana University, fantastic business school, great entrepreneurship, but because of the size and because it's in Indiana, you might feel like, okay, not every, not every company is represented here. Not every industry is represented here. Many people work regionally, you know, so I find that it's not the, the value of the education that doesn't feel the same. I mean, I think you're going to have fantastic professors and fantastic courses, but it's just that you don't get as wide a range of experiences with your classmates. You might not have as global or as, um, as diverse of a class with those smaller, you know, smaller class sizes. But otherwise, you know, the rankings are really terrific or, um, and, you know, top, Top 20 schools are really terrific programs. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tyler, this for is, having me. Yeah. This is Ben Giri Snacks, hosted by Tyler from Achievable, with Lindsay Sage from Sage Admit. That's sageadmit.com. And Achievable has a great online Giri course that you can try for free at achievable.me and use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout.